Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Wednesday night um, Bible study. Just looking at John chapter 11 right now. Um, this week we're picking up in verse 38 and going to verse 44. Um, so I'm just going to read through it real quick and then we'll pick up from the back to the beginning. Uh, verse 38. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? <clears throat> so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So back up to 38. Um, let's see. Yeah. So picking up here. So Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Um, the other time you read about a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance was when Jesus was put in a tomb. Okay. Which actually we're going to be reading about. You're going to be learning about when we do uh, chapter 12. So that's the other time we, we read about that. And then... Um, we read about that also in Matthew chapter 27, 60, verse 66. It says uh, 65 and 66. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. So that's when Jesus was put in the tomb and then they posted the guards, sealed the tomb. So because they were trying to stop the rumors of him being, of his, of his, uh, being resurrected. Or uh, so they thought his body being stolen and fake claims being made. Um, so verse 39, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Now, <clears throat> remember when Jesus went through a couple weeks ago, we talked about Jesus asking Martha, do you believe? And he kind of spoke to her a little bit. And then she said, yeah, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God and all that, right? And then he tested her a little bit by what he said. Um, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? She said, yes, Lord. I actually told him, I've always believed you're the Messiah. This is verse 27. The Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Um, then he goes on, you know. He goes forward. Let's see. So then here, he's kind of test, putting this to test. Rolled the stone aside. Right? Remember, Martha says, I believe you're the Messiah. Yeah, I believe what you said about yourself, Jesus told them. But Martha says, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. So, um, but if she truly believes that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, um, and that what he said, that if you believe in him, you won't die. And it looks now like now he's testing what she said she believes. Saying, okay, you believe that when I said, if you believe in me, you will never die. I'll roll the stone away. And she's like, whoa, 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 he's been dead for four days. This is going to stink, right? Um, <clears throat> so what I got from this was that like when God, when Jesus is testing your belief by asking you to do some hard things, you know, this is, what's, this is what I feel like he, he was I'm reading this scripture. This is what I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading it, seeing is Jesus is asking them to do something it's not difficult to roll the stone away, but it's difficult in that it's like, oh, come on, that's that's gross, right? That's, he's going to stink. 
Um, but he's asking them to do something difficult. We read something very similar to this in Genesis chapter 22, verses 2 and then 7 to 13. It says, Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Then picking up in verse 7, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire in the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. See, what I see here is this. This is actually a difference. We see in this, both of these instances something kind of like we feel impossible or hard, difficult to do being asked by God. But in one instance, we see obedience immediately. And in the other instance, we see a slight protest and a good reason given for not doing it, right? But when the Lord asks us to do hard things, we should move forward in faith like Abraham. Go sacrifice your son. Okay, let's go. You know, roll the stone away. Oh, but it's going to stink. What they should have done is roll the stone away right away. You know, that's what they should have done. So that's what Jesus does. He tests our hearts. He tests what we profess to believe. He tests that. So he's going to give us situations in life that are going to test what we say we believe. And that's going to really show who we really are deep down. Now, does that mean we're a failure if we fail the test or if we doubt or have a protest or whatever? No, it doesn't mean you fail, but it shows you what's truly inside your heart so that you can ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit for help in changing your belief and making your belief more solid. So, continuing on, verse 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So then he responds to this, in the sense, doubt or unbelief or this protest by saying, "What well, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believe? Remember back in chapter, this same chapter, verse 4 and verse 23, Jesus said this, when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now, <clears throat> obviously, Martha wasn't there for that. It was the disciples, right? But then, in verse 23, it says, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Misunderstanding, right? We, we can see a lack of fully understanding exactly what the Lord is saying. And in a sense, in some points here, not fully trusting, taking him at his word. See, we need to take God at his word. We do. We can't say, oh, well, that's a metaphor. And that's a, and, and in some instances it is. But when God speaks, he's not speaking a metaphor. God is speaking. We do what he says. Take him at his word. He will do it. He will do it. Because the problem we have, we take, we, if we, we can't take, we feel we can't take God at his word because I can't imagine how he would actually do that. It's because now, are you truly believing that God is God? That he can do whatever he wants? That he can speak things into existence like he did in creation? You know, that he can br bring healing to things that shouldn't be healed? 
right? That he can raise people from the dead by just speaking words. It's that he can raise himself from the dead. Now, if you believe that, then you need to let God do what he does. You need to take him at his word. Um, right. So we see that. We see that they don't fully understand. They're not taking him at his word. And that's why they don't roll the stone away right away. And they actually protest rolling the stone away, which God himself has said, move the stone, roll the stone away. God himself has said, roll the stone aside. And then he was met with a protest. We can't protest when God asks us to do something. I need you to do this. Oh, but Lord, you know, that's sort of going to be really inconvenient. I might have to take a day off or people might look at me funny or people are not going to understand what I'm doing. You know, that doesn't matter. You need to work on your relationship with the Lord. You know, what other people think about what you're doing, if you're following God's instructions, doesn't matter. Now, if you're doing stuff on your own and saying, oh, God's speaking to me, but he's not really speaking to you, then you got issues. You got problems, right? But if God is truly speaking to you through his word, you know, and you he's speaking to you, you read it and you're like, whoa, whoa, okay. This is what I need to do with my life. You know, he brings a conviction to your heart. You need to act on it. You need to roll that stone aside. You need to go for it and do it. No matter what anybody else says. When the Lord brings a conviction to your heart, do it. So they roll the stone aside. Eventually they do roll the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. This is interesting because Jesus knows that God will answer his prayer. Because Jesus' ultimate goal is not to glorify himself. It's to glorify God. And he knows that the answer to this prayer will bring glory to God. Will bring glory to his Father in heaven. Verse 42, you always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Now, I was reading this. I thought, okay, first question I need to ask is, why does God always hear Jesus? When Jesus speaks, God hears him every time. Then I came to the point of understanding God always hears Jesus because the will of Jesus and the will of God are the same. Jesus has aligned his will to God's will, right? And also... Jesus has complete faith in God. No matter what God asks him to do, Jesus does it. Jesus always does God's will, and he always glorifies God. Why wouldn't God hear him and listen to him and do whatever he asks, right? And that's the same for us. We need to change our wills to align with God's will. We need to do that. And when we do, then we start asking, well, Lord, what, can you do this? And it happens. You're like, oh, I can't believe it. It's amazing. God actually did it he actually heard my prayer that's because you're aligning your will with his now when we're asking it what we want to do god doesn't necessarily answer he might not necessarily answer he might just say no not right now or maybe later but he won't doesn't necessarily say yes because the point is not to glorify ourselves it's to glorify god and we see a couple of instances of this in, I'll just tell you the scriptures, John chapter 12, 28 to 30, and John 17, verse 21, where Jesus is talking to God for the sake of the people around him. So the reason is this, Jesus wants everyone to believe. He wants everyone to be saved, you know, he, and he provides very compelling evidence. We, the, in certain instances, they hear God speaking from heaven about Jesus. I mean, how much more compelling is that? Have you ever heard a voice coming from the sky? I haven't. If I heard a voice coming from the sky, whoa, this guy is legit, okay? You know, but no, you know, they're like, yeah, that, that was that was good, I guess. But yeah, I still don't really believe. I'm like, what? 
So Jesus, he loves us so much that he's given us the choice to choose to love him or not, you know? Um, and I was talking to my own kids about that recently. I said, you know, as you grow up, you have a choice. You can continue on in what I'm teaching you about God and the word and walking with, with Christ and, um, and your life will be blessed. Or you can choose to do it your own way. You can choose to walk without God, but that's your choice. You know, that's the beauty of what God has given us, free will. He's given us a choice. So, you know, every, all, every single one of us has a choice. Now, I'm going to tell you what I think is the best choice because I've experienced both sides of it. I've used to live in my own choice and I've lived in God's choice. And I tell you what, God's choice is better. It's the best for me. I, I, could, I haven't ever been able to conjure up a better life than what I have now. So from experience, I would say choose God's way because I've experienced my own way as opposed to God's way. And it, it was horrible. It was actually a miserable life. And some people say, yeah, but my life is fun and it's pleasurable and I have everything I've ever wanted except peace. You don't have God's peace. You don't have God's blessing. You have stuff, big deal. You have money, so what? When you die, you don't take any of that with you. But when you die with God, you get to go to heaven. And then you have eternity of all those good things. So I encourage you, seek God's way. You know, seek God's way. So verse 43, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Now, I don't really actually have a whole lot to say on this verse, except for I did read once that if... Um, Jesus had not been specific and said Lazarus himself, saying, Lazarus, come out. That when he said, if he had just said, come out, every dead person around would have walked out of there too, right there, right there and then. And I truly believe that because when Jesus said, let there be light, and you might be saying, well, wait, wait, it says in the beginning, God. But if you read John chapter 1, um, it says that nothing was created Nothing that was created was created, was, everything that was created was created through him, the word, Jesus Christ. So when Jesus said, let there be light, there was light, you know. When Jesus said, let the, the waters be separated, the waters were separated. When Jesus said, let there be plants and trees, let there be animals, they, they were, you know. Those are the things. And Jesus speaks, it happens. So if he hadn't been specific and specifically said, Lazarus, come out, everybody would have woken up. And walked out of their tombs. Now that would have been a would would have been a sight to see, huh? That would have been a sight to see. Though verse forty four, and the dead man came out. Remember, he's been dead. Well, to be honest, I don't know how long he's been dead specifically, but I know he's been in the tomb four days. He's been in the tomb for four days. I don't know how long ceremonially it takes to to prepare the body, but he's been in the tomb for four days. Okay. That's, that's a dead man. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So you conjure up the pictures of, he probably looked like a mummy, if we've ever seen a picture of a mummy, right? Looked like that. So that Lazarus was buried in the customary Jewish way, just like Jesus would be. And it talks about how Jesus was buried and wrapped up in John chapter 19, verse 40, and in John chapter 20, verse 7. Okay, But then Jesus says, unwrap him and let him go. So Jesus commands that the things of death be stripped off of Lazarus, right? And the, the crazy thing is this, and I, was, I saw this picture in my mind as I was reading this. You know, I was picturing, you know, Lazarus, he's wrapped up 
and in the customary way. And that's what Jesus wrapped up in the customary way. And both of them, there's a parallel right here. Right here. Both of them have, will rise from the dead. But the difference is this. Lazarus rises from the dead. And he's still wrapped in his mortality. Why? Because Lazarus will die again. Lazarus still has to die. Now Jesus, when he rises from the dead, what's he? His grave clothes and everything are actually in, still left in the tomb. Right? The head cloth is folded up. It says it's all neatly folded there. Right? Jesus transcended his mortality. God, he rose himself from the dead, right? He resurrected himself. Lazarus couldn't do that. Jesus was no longer wrapped in his mortality when he rose from the dead. When he rose from the dead, he rose as God, right? Um, remember, Jesus is fully God, fully man. That's why he could die and rise from the dead. So the beautiful thing is, picture is that, though. The death of Lazarus we will all experience. But the resurrection of Jesus is what we will experience. We won't experience the resurrection of Lazarus. We'll experience the resurrection of Jesus, you know? And that, just that parallel, as you kind of like picture the two side by side, Jesus there, standing there, not wrapped in mortality, no longer wrapped in death. Why? Because he's defeated death. Jesus has defeated death. Those grave clothes um, are a picture of death wrapped around us, right? When Jesus rises again, death is gone. He's defeated. Remember, he went to hell. Right? Defeated death and rose again from the dead. Um, and, and what we see is that when Jesus rises from the dead, he's done the work. He's unwrapped us. So in this case, he tells them, unwrap him and let him go. But in, in not too long of a time after that, Jesus himself, he's not going to tell anybody to unwrap, but he's going to do that for all of humanity. He's going to unwrap us all and let us go. Right? He's going to give us this beautiful gift of salvation. So... It's amazing that Jesus leaves death, the things of death behind, right? Through his death and resurrection. And Lazarus, it was still wrapped in his mortality. He was still wrapped in death in a sense because he will die again. So that's, that's the awesome thing. We have to die like that Lazarus, but we will rise again like Jesus because of what he's done on the cross. And that's an awesome thing. That's, that's such an awesome thing. Because we're no longer subject to death because of the free gift of salvation. So I just want you guys to remember that. When, when God asks you to do hard things, move forward and do them in faith. Trust God wholeheartedly. And remember that in the end, when you go to die one day, you will no longer be wrapped in death. If you've chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved, man. No more death. No more grave cloths and head cloth wrapped around you. When you rise again... You'll be clean, man. You'll be clean. No death clinging on you. So look forward to that encouragement there. One day you're going to rise again just like Jesus. Fully body is going to be awesome, man. So have a good night. We'll see you next week. God bless.